You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. And we'd like to thank today's sponsor, Great Lakes Gearia. It's where we've gotten all of our kettlebells. Uh, we've got our pull-up bar, uh, and you can get dumbbells and all that type of stuff. They're a Canadian company that does... Um, you know, really well-made um, uh, cast iron kettlebells, but they also do competition bells now. So great company, uh, you know, a lot of fun to work with. Um, we've been using their gear for years. Um, pretty much our entire gym <laughs> is great, like Zgiri equipment. Um, so very rugged uh, and stands up to me sweating all over it, never rusted. Um, so that powder coat finish is... Uh, uh, standing up quite well on all of our kettlebells. And the great thing is, as a listener of this podcast, if you go to greatlakesgearia.com um, and use promo code LIVEWILD at checkout, you get 10% off. Um, and that ain't nothing, because if you're buying a whole bunch of you know gym equipment or squat rack or uh, kettlebells, uh, that can get uh, to be a bit of money. Um, a very wise investment. It's a great investment in yourself. That's sort of the way we look at it. But, you know, we've got thousands of dollars of, uh, you know, weights in the basement. Um, and being able to save on them, because we had to pay full retail, because uh, <laughs> we can't use our own promo code. Kind of a bummer, huh? Um, but yes, if you use promo code LiveWild at checkout at greatlegsgear.com, save 10% and get some great exercise equipment uh, and kettlebells to do the workouts you're going to hear about in the episodes. So, yeah. Thank you guys for both listening and thanks Great Lakes Gearia for sponsoring the show. Previously on Live Wild Radio, two episodes ago, we talked about why the bicycle is such a great tool for conditioning, especially for the over 40 crowd because it doesn't beat the shit out of you. Last week, we put out the fat loss cheat code, which I'd actually recorded months ago, but it took me forever to actually write the download <laughs> that you needed for it. So that's why it came out when it did, because um, I finally uh, finished writing the actual information of the program. So now we're back to our bicycle series. Uh, and uh, today we are going to talk about bike fit, bike fitting, um, because Catherine's on her phone. I don't know what she's doing. Yeah, she's I'm up. listening. I'm waiting for a question. I, I was I'm here. Gonna, I'm here. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. Because it didn't look like she was... I was just going to be a solo episode with somebody sitting next to me. <laughs> we keep it real. Yeah. And considering the topic, it wouldn't be that surprising. But because... Um, so for those of you who don't know, I used to own a bicycle shop and I specialized in bike fitting. So that's where I come at in speaking about fixing your Ixies and painsies and ouchies and numbnesses on a bicycle. Because um, bikes are awesome, but if they don't fit properly, they are a torture tool. And that's why a lot of people probably don't ride. Um, mm -hmm. You know, because it's a case where now all of your bikes you've had as an adult, uh, if I'm not mistaken, have come from me. 
Yep. Yep. <laughs> so uh, you've always been able to pick my brain. Oh, don't mind the dogs in the background. This is a real world podcast, not one of them fancy schmancy ones. Somebody want to be quiet over there? The dogs in the bathroom, maybe. No, they're both on the stairs. Just barking at stuff. Uh, <laughs> see, that's what happens when you record in your kitchen. Um, you know, like I said, we are a real world podcast. Not one of these fancy, you know, hey, we're like a professional like radio show, but we're going to call ourselves a podcast and we're going to put it out on the internet. No, no, no. This is a podcast by real people. <laughs> um, With so, real problems. Yes. <laughs> Although, you know, uh, dogs barking in the background and um, telling the kids they have to go watch the television upstairs is very much first world problems. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, bike fitting. Um, what kind of discomforts have you experienced on a bicycle, Catherine? Two. Um, I would say primarily... Uh, numb hands mm -hmm. after a period of time. I experienced it both mountain biking and road biking, um, equally the same amount. Um, and more recently, because we've been doing more uh, distance endurance um, on the road bike, um, chafing a little bit. Yeah. And so that's where finding the right perfect fit of a saddle. And of course, I think for a lot of people, probably guys too, I speak for women. Um, you know, when you get to have a bike and you're all the pressures in your crotch, it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So you think that bike shorts can solve that and they can help, yeah. but it's not, you know, when, when that's still not working for you and then you get a difference and you're like, ah, that's, this is great. Cause you want to sit on your sit bones. Yes. Right. So it's a bit of a, uh, I don't know if you call it a science or an art. <laughs> it, it's, it's an, Artful science. Sure. Um, because... So it's tricky. Yeah. Because it, here's a couple of things you run into. If you are getting crotch numbness, genital numbness, mm. restricted blood flow to your boy or girl parts, um, then that actually means you're sitting too much on the nose of the saddle. Yeah. Um, and that can be from a bunch of different things. Um if you have a saddle that's too wide, when you pedal, your thighs hit the back of the saddle and tend to push you forward. Everybody thinks a wide saddle is more comfortable, mm -hmm. but it has its own collection of problems. Mm -hmm. um, another thing is your seat too high. Um, so when you, when you sit back on the saddle to get your sit bones properly positioned... The pedals are too far away, so you, without thinking, you gravitate, you slide forward on the saddle to shorten the reach. Um, then if the reach to your handlebars is too long, um, you tend to slide forward on the saddle to shorten the reach. So all of those can lead to, um, you know, genital numbness, crotch pressure, all of those types of things, plus the shape of your saddle. Right. Right. Um, so first off, I'm just going to go with the easy one. Get one of the saddles that has the groove cut out, you know, um, where the middle's cut out of it. Mm -hmm. Because you're not meant to sit on the soft stuff in the middle. You're supposed to sit on the firm bones under your butt cheeks. So getting a saddle that doesn't have any pressure in the middle 
or has a pressure relief channel zone, whatever they want to call it. Right. Um, that helps. Like all of our saddles have that. Uh, you yeah. know, some of yours, because Catherine, you know, is the owner of four bikes. So <laughs> it's a collection of what she has on her bikes. When she does things, she does it big. Um, <laughs> you know, because the saddle on your road bike uh, has a hole. No, saddle on your gravel bike has a hole. Saddle on your mountain bike's got a groove. Saddle on your road bike. Road bike's got a groove. Yeah. Right. Um, one of the other things is also the shape of the saddle. If you look at it from the side, some are very flat. Um, some sort of dip in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I find the flat ones work better for me. Um, and in fitting, I've found that to be the case for most people. Um, I found more people do well with a flatter saddle than one that sort of dips where when you make the dipped part in the middle level, um, the back is tipped up a little bit. Right. Um, obviously a lot of companies are making some version of that, so it must work for somebody. Um, but I've always gone for very, very flat saddles personally. Like if you look at it from the side. Yeah, but even before somebody gets rid of their saddle and tries to replace it for another, do you recommend them trying to um, change the angle of that saddle? Um, Not much. Like general setup of a saddle should be uh, anywhere from level to the nose down one or two degrees. Okay. That's about it. Um, Because if it's tipped down too far, you're going to slide forward under the nose of the saddle. And then if the nose is up, you're going to lean forward and sit on the, like lean into the nose of the saddle, mm. right? So you, you don't want it too far off of level. Like I always start off with, with an actual bubble level, mm-hmm. you know, like you'd use for carpentry. Um, uh, that's how I set up my saddles is just perfectly level. Right. And that works pretty well for me. Okay. And, and I found it works pretty well for most people. But you can also slide it forward or backward. No, and that's a whole different adjustment. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and do you recommend they do this themselves or go to a bike shop and ask for some help? So uh, the trick with bike fit, like if you can find a good bike fitter in your area, mm-hmm. um, they're worth everything you pay them. Um, but the trick is having to do your... It's kind of like finding a good plumber or, you know, yeah. uh, something like that. Uh, um, because somebody advertises they bike fit doesn't guarantee that they're really good at solving your problems. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, like you, you look at people's reviews and um, that kind of thing if you can find information on that. Okay. Because there's going to be ones that get it, <laughs> that sort of understand human anatomy and then there's ones that seem to fit everybody like they're racing in the Tour de France, even if they're 55. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, uh, so I think one of the things, it, part of what makes me a half decent coach is I'm not a naturally great athlete. You know, everything I've done, I've had to work for, so I had to figure shit out. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to bike fitting, um, one of the things that made me pretty good is like I'm the goddamn princess in the pea when it comes to bike fit. Lap one, um, thirty-seven forty. Oops. Heart rate, seventy. <laughs> I forgot to turn that off. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those episodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's like i track everything yeah distractions yeah um uh so where was i princess uh, and the pea, pea. Yeah, yeah like i'm very we'll call it sensitive it's probably one of the rare times we would use that to describe me um uh to my bike fit my you know if something's off just a little bit it's like eh, you know um so I just assume everybody else is the same way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and I approach about making it where people go, oh, that feels great. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what your bike should feel like. It should be an extension of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes. To answer your question, um, if you can find a good bike fitter, um, it, it's worth everything because being comfortable on your bike uh, means you'll use it more. Mm-hmm. Um, but the flip side, of course, is... A lot of people either don't have the money for it or don't have one nearby. Yeah. And that's where taking some of our tips can help. Okay. Yeah. Um, and just know that when you do get a fitting, because Catherine lives with a uh, a bike fitter, and we're still working on solving some of her problems. Yeah. Right? Like, I think we get the seat thing half decently. Yeah. Yeah, you it's know. better. Um, I mean... Uh, what did we do? We went resorted back to my old seat that on I had. On the gravel bike. On the gravel bike that I have on my road bike. No, you've got a whole different seat on your road bike. Do I? Yeah, you've you've got the seat on your road bike, uh, the WTB Silverado that came with my gravel bike. Okay. Um, what about the one I got from China? Uh, that's on your gravel bike. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, wait. I rode my road bike. I can't remember. You rode your road. They were both good. You rode bike. They're today. both fine. Yeah. 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 So, so the seat thing we seem to have sort of nailed down half decently. I now. think so. Yeah. Now it's just a case of getting your hand numbness. Yeah, and once I've done a longer ride on my gravel, I'll know for sure. But yeah, yeah it's the hand numbness. It's tricky. You know. It's um, but it might also be. Maybe you taking a look at my posture and just if there's something I should be doing, like less tension in the shoulders, not so locked in the arms. Yeah, you should rotating. Never, you should never be locked in the arms. So, and I don't think I am. Yeah, but you know. Yeah. Maybe if you actually saw me from this, uh, you know, the side view. Yeah, put you on the trainer. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That'd be probably that's a good. Nice. That's probably a good thing. But let's take a step back. What about when somebody's at the bike shop? You know, because a lot of people who sell bikes aren't maybe quite uh capable of selling a bike for the right size of a person you know yeah like here and and this is a tough thing okay um i find generally most people have sold bikes that are too big for them um which works occasionally if you've got a really long torso but as bikes get taller they get longer um and as i said too long of a reach tends to lead to saddle problems. Okay. Um, so if your bike is too big for you, like, or, or the reach is too long, which sort of goes with having a bike that's too big. Yeah. Um, then, you know, you'll tend to have, uh, you can have hand issues because there's too much pressure on your hands. Sure. You can have uh, elbow because you're riding with your elbows locked. Um you can have shoulder and neck issues and crotch issues all from just the reaches being a little too long. Um, so how do you determine what's the right size for you? Um, is it your torso? Is it your, it's everything. 
And torso so length, arm length, leg length. Uh, because your leg length is going to dictate your seat height. Okay. Um, your torso length and arm length are going to dictate your reach. And how heavy you are and how flexible you are is going to dictate how low your bar can be. So your leg length. Yes. Is that you standing against a wall? Yeah. So the easy way the, you can do this measurement at home um, helps to have somebody help you. Stand with your back against the wall in bare feet, you know, or socks. Socks are fine. Um, take a book. Slide it between your legs. Uh Flat, you know, basically you're using it as a square. Um, slide up until it doesn't go any higher in your crotch. Do this slowly. <laughs> um, and then have somebody measure from the floor to the top of the book. That's going to be your inseam. Okay. Um, and a good starting point for setting your saddle height will be 0.883 of your inseam length. Mm. Um now, depending on your foot size, like somebody with really big feet mm-hmm. can actually usually have a slightly higher seat at, uh, height by a few millimeters. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody with small feet, because that's part of the lever, um, will be a little bit shorter. So there's little factors that will vary into it. Um, you know. But one of the things you don't want to do is ride around with your seat excessively low or excessively high. Okay. Um, you know, the easy way to know if your seat's too high, if somebody's riding behind you, they see your hips are rocking up and down, mm-hmm. right? Because and you see that quite often. Yeah. Um, among people who are more serious riders, um, and then among recreational riders, cause they all want to seem to touch the ground from their seat. Yeah. Um, their seats are way too low. Mm-hmm. Right. So one of the other ways to know, um, if your seat's too low, uh, you can end up in with pain in front of the knee, like in the kneecap. Mm-hmm. And if your seat's too high, you often get pain behind the knee because mm. you're overextending um, and irritating the hamstring. So that's going to play into it uh, as well. Okay. Um, yeah. Like basically, if you think of it, if somebody um, has clip in pedals, uh, then a bike fit starts with from their feet and goes up. Let her in. Sorry, we need to let the dog down. She looks like she's going to fall down the stairs. She's old. <laughs> All right. Dun, 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 dun. Some elevator music. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Chloe. She's just, poor little girl, just wants to be biased, but she's so old. She's got arthritis, and she, she, I think she was getting winded just sitting there listening to us. Uh, well, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry um, about that. Yeah. You seemed like, it, when I was looking at you, you were seeming super distracted. I, I thought she was going to fall down the stairs. I was just really worried about her. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah, she just wants to be near us. Yeah. Uh, Here we go. She's just collapsed on the floor. floor. <laughs> yeah, if you heard a clunk on the mic stands. Um, yeah, so, well, even, even if somebody isn't in clipless pedals, but generally if it's clipless pedals, I set up their shoes and pedals first, then we'll adjust their seat height. Um, then we'll adjust their seat fore and aft position. Um, cause one of the things, 
If you have too much weight on your hands, the dog just farted. (laughs) (laughs) You stinky thing. So (laughs) That doesn't usually get you. It must be pretty bad. Well, I'm right underneath it or over top of it. Heat rises. Um, Yeah, try to do these serious educational episodes. Get them back. Yeah. All right. Um, So one of the things you run into is if you do have too much weight on your hands, um, then bringing your seat back moves your butt back. And if you move your butt back, then it reduces the amount of weight going forward, right? The easy way to think of it is like just stand up and bend over. Your butt goes back or you fall on your face. Right. If your seat's too far forward, you're falling onto the handlebars. Mm -hmm. So we want to find that balance point. Mm -hmm. Like one of the easy things uh, I'll do is just coasting along, put your pedals level. Yeah. um, And then just try to lift your hands off the bar. Don't okay. set up, but just hover your hands above the bar. Mm. If it takes a ton of effort or you can't do it without, mm. um, you know, like yeah. throwing yourself backwards. You're too far forward. Yeah, there's just too much weight for it. Okay, that's a good tip. Um, so that's an easy way because a lot of people get numb hands. Yeah. Um, and it's just because they're essentially holding the top of a push-up position on their handlebars. Whether it's a road handlebar, so on the brake lever hoods. Um, or uh, a mountain bike style bar, which might be on a hybrid or mountain bike, whatever. Um, basically, there's just too much weight on the hands, right? Um, so once we've ascertained that balance point where they can hover their hands just above the bar without touching them, without, you know, basically by engo- engaging their legs and their core, but they're not going to fall over. Mm-hmm. Then we'll work on the front end, how long the stem needs to be. Um, You know, one of the most common things I would run into on stock bikes is shortening the stems for people, right? Because so many people buying, particularly road bikes, um, you know, if they're buying a nice quality bike, uh, you know, unless it's specifically like an endurance uh, oriented road bike where they've already taken some of these things into account, the bikes tend to be long. Um, and if you get somebody who's like a middle-aged person, you know, maybe fairly fit, but you know, they're not a 140 pound tour de France rider. Um, being on a tour de France type bike, uh, is going to be a bit of a struggle because we're just not built for it anymore. And I heard you made a comment before that you're not a big fan of today's bikes because they're either built for Tour de France riders or super light people. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the same thing. <laughs> well, I wasn't sure if the Tour de France, when you said the Tour de France riders, you meant like there was a certain aggressiveness to that bike? Well, yeah. They're, they're Versus somebody who's just lighter. Well, generally, if you're lighter, you're naturally going to have... Like, if you're somebody who's got a very thin torso and thin arms, mm-hmm. you don't have as much weight going on the handlebars. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can usually get away with, um, you know, a little bit lower handlebar position. And okay. because the other thing is, if you've got a bit of a belly or you've got big legs, if you're bent over too far, your thighs hit your stomach. Mm-hmm. Right. So if your bar position is too low, which it's going to be on a lot of these high end road bikes, um, 
then somebody runs into the thing. It's hard to breathe when you're kneeing yourself in the belly every pedal stroke, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's sort of one of the things that I run into because I'm heavier now than when I used to race 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I've positioned my bar higher than I used to. Um, both on my mountain bike and my road bike or the gravel bike that I've got. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not quite as aerodynamic, but being able to breathe is important. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and then the fact is I have more muscle on me than when I used to race. Mm-hmm. You know, in the upper body, I got manly shoulders and traps and lats and stuff. You know, all them kettlebells and push-ups and pull-ups. Uh I'll run into the thing where I naturally have more weight going forward. Mm -hmm. So I've shortened it up over what I used to run and I've run a little bit higher handlebar position than what I used to run. Okay. Right. Because one of the things you run into is if you lose weight, you'll have less weight on your hands. Sure. You know, um, being that most of your weight is below the waist. Yeah. It'll be less in effect for you. Yeah. You'll just have less weight on your ass. Right. You know, um, then you'll have. Yeah. I remember when I was lighter like 30 pounds lighter it actually felt very bony it was yeah not comfortable well and this is one of the things too as you mm-hmm. lose weight mm-hmm. um if you're somebody <coughs> excuse me yeah if you're somebody who has you know you're starting cycling as you know the cardio that we suggest mm-hmm. um and you're on a, a, a fat loss journey i hate calling it a weight loss journey because we just want to get rid of fat you know nobody's ever went my arms is too muscular. I want to lose weight there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Right. It's like, uh, no. It, basically, when we are talking about weight loss, we're talking about fat loss. Because mm-hmm. as we age, maintaining muscle mass is one of the most important things we can do. So, uh, rant aside, <laughs> um, you run into the thing that as your body weight goes down, your ass gets thinner. And oftentimes you need to raise your seat. I ran into that, right? Mm-hmm. When I lost weight <clears throat> over the last couple of years, yeah, I actually had to raise my seat five millimeters because hmm. I had less fat on my ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so that's going to be part of it. Um, yes. And you may run into the thing of uh, if you are well padded in the, in the derriere section, um, as Catherine mentioned, you, when you lose weight, you may have to look at a different seat, right? Because it initially might feel like you're bony. <laughs> yeah. Right? Because you just have less cushion. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, overall it will be healthier and you can find a seat. For sure. Um, uh, and, you know, we run into that thing where, you know, basically... If you're running into hand numbness issues, um, first thing is always getting your seat back usually a little bit. Um, and if you take your seat back, if your seat's at the right height right now, mm-hmm. uh, if you take your seat back five millimeters, you need to lower it two or three mm. because you're moving further away from the cranks when you move the seat back. Mm-hmm. So you're effectively making your seat height higher. Yeah. Um, and when you're sitting on the seat, if you find that when you just sit on it naturally, you're sitting further forward on it, lower your seat a little bit. You'll naturally sit further back hmm. under the wider part of it, right? Like basically if you feel like just when you hop on your bike and sit on the seat, 
there's too much pressure forward. Um, a lot of times, uh, you may just be running into the thing where your seat's a hair too high, right? Um, so basically bring it down three to five millimeters and you'll find you sit further back in the seat. Okay. Um, you know, one of the ways I always know if people are sitting too far forward on their seat is I can see their seat, the back of it, mm. right? Your ass should be covering your seat. Right, because you want the sit bones on, on the, the widest part. Right. Right. That's the part. That's where you want to feel the pressure. Yeah. Whereas if you look at a lot of the pros, mm-hmm. um, and these are why we should never take any of our like fitting cues and things from professional athletes, mm-hmm. half the time when you see them going hard, you see half of their seat, yeah, right, sticking out the back of their bucket. You yeah, know. yeah. They're sitting that looks, far forward. Looks like they're almost like in their crotch area. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, but when your paycheck is on the line, you're not thinking about numbness and like these are the guys who crash at sixty kilometers an hour, um, are bleeding, you know, like all the stories of like Robbie McEwen finishing the Tour de France with a broken back. Oh, my God. Right? Like, these are some of the toughest motherfuckers you've ever run into. They might, you know, they ain't who you want, you know, having your back in a fight because, you know, they're all 145 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a big cyclist. <laughs> it's a bunch of jockeys. Um, but, you know, they are physically tough, mm-hmm. which means they'll put up with discomfort that you and I would not put up with. Mm-hmm. Right? Where it's like, fuck this. There's going to be something better out than yeah. this. Yeah. Like, remember, these people's paycheck depends on their performance. Um, Plus, you know, when you look at like elite level athletes, they can just do shit you and I can't do. Mm -hmm. Right. They might even be comfortable. Right. Mm -hmm. But they're just not, you know, anybody that makes it to the Tour de France, you know, and I'm using that because it's the biggest bike race in the world, um, is not a normal person, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know. Like, they are abnormal in almost every regard. Mm. So, uh, you know, if you're like an office worker who loves road riding or, you know, is getting into riding for fitness, don't take your cues from them. Okay. Right? It's like somebody who, you know, uh, basically likes to recreational hike in the mountains. Mm -hmm. You don't take your cues from the people who are, you know, doing Everest with no oxygen. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, we're not the same species. Yeah. You know. Um, what about lower back soreness um, or in between the shoulder blades and, and your traps? So. And neck. Yeah. So the uh, traps and neck can be two different things. Too much weight on the handlebars. Right. And, and so looking you, up. And you, so you're bracing yourself. Mm. Um, and then... If you're somebody who works in an office all day and then you're riding a bike, you're going from a forward position, right? Like your your head's kind of forward. You're bent down, especially if you're working on a laptop. You're looking down most of the time. And then you're going for protracted periods of looking up, right? We become the shape of what we do the most. And this is why sitting is like the modern disease, Yeah. right? You develop a forward hunched shape when you sit all the time um and cycling is the opposite of that right because you're having to look up right as far as the neck is concerned um so part of that is like getting uh i I would recommend people do original strength 
Um, look up Tim Anderson's book, Original Strength or Becoming Bulletproof. Um, he's got a bunch of different ones. Or his YouTube channel. And just look up head nods. Right? Learning to actually use your neck l- looking up. Um, and then it's one of those things. If you're out on the road, you don't have to like be like staring at the horizon the entire time. Like move your head around. Right? Look up. Look down. Like look at the you know, 20 feet in front of you or 40 feet in front of you. You don't have to be like looking all the way straight down the road with your head fully extended, you know, your neck craned back the entire time. And you were talking about doing the same thing with your hands. You should never have it in one position all the time. time. Yeah. And when you're, and every once in a while, get off your saddle. Yep. Right. If you're not getting out of your saddle anyways to, you know, start off your ride or go up hills or whatever, but get off, you know, Give your crotch a Yeah, like one of the things I do often is go a gear too harder and then for 30 seconds I stand up. Yeah. I might, I use it on hill climbs all the time. Um, Like if you're mountain biking where it's ups and downs and everything, you're off the seat all the time. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Right. But when you're road riding, gravel riding, rail trails, the terrain doesn't make you stand up. Um, So you... Uh, you know, should do it on purpose, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and uh, relatively frequently. Like when we ride together, you notice I stand up way more than you do. I'm starting to get, st- I'm starting to, um, I'm not sure what has caused it, but maybe just um, more practice. But now I'm way more comfortable to ride out of the saddle. And I even did that on the road bike today because I know mm-hmm. I started with the gravel bike first. Mm-hmm. Um, just put it up, a, you know, as you said, a gear or two higher and then, cause then it gives you something to push you know, against, push against. Up. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do it more often now. I think it's just getting used to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, so, and when we're talking about hands, like we need to distinguish between the mountain bike riser slash flat bar mm-hmm. and then a drop handlebar like you'd get on a road bike, 10 speed bike. You know, I'm, I'm hearkening back to the 10 speed from the olden days. Um, you know, that's what everybody called like a road bike was a 10 speed. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now you have a 10 speed. Mm-hmm. Only it's 10 gears on the back plus two up front. So it's really a 20 speed. Right. Um, so yours is twice as good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, w- I would argue, though, like a carbon fiber, like a full carbon fiber um, road bike uh-huh. uh, with, you know, uh, clipless pedals and modern fast tires and all of the things is more than twice as good as a 10 speed from 1978. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, even though if it's twice as many years. Um, so, so with the drop handlebar, um, the use of that, uh, for longer riding in particular Mm -hmm. is that it's got more hand positions, Mm -hmm. right? The mountain bike, you really got the grips. That's why back in the day people put bar ends on. Right. So you had another hand position. It was for hill climbing as well, but it gave you another hand position. Mm -hmm. Um, And less common to go on the mountain bike or hybrid bike or anybody that uses a bar like that uh, are the alternative bars that are out there. They clamp the same way. They use the same shifters and brake levers. But 
uh, things like the Mary bar, which I've got on my like single speed frame in the garage. It looks like an M, mm-hmm. right? It just gives you like a different hand position angle. Um, but then you can also get things like the Jones bars, uh, the McCallow bar from Surly. And they're a bar designed for like a mountain bike or hybrid type setup. Mm-hmm. But it has more than one hand position on it. Um, so if you want to ride longer, something like that would be really useful. Okay. Um, or the other thing is get ergon grips. Um, mm-hmm. And they're basically an ergonomically shaped grip that isn't just like a padded tube. Okay. Um, you've got them on your mountain bike. Uh, and it gives you more hand positions. Or not. It does, yeah. Right? It's like a, It's like a wing on the back end of it that yep. faces that touch, you know, where your palm rests. Um, it gives yeah. your hand more support, and it's um, not firm. It's like um, rubber, rubber. So it's it's shock absorbing. Yeah. Um, and you also put in the tape on the handlebar of my road bike. You yeah. can get the ones that are gel pads, um, or you can add more padding to yeah. certain areas if you find that you need that. You also talked about, talked about wearing bike gloves. Yeah. Um, with they have padding. Padding in them. Yeah, and um, sweating. You know, if you're yeah. sweating, right? It helps to stick. Yeah, it gives you a bit more grip. Yeah, so mountain bike bar, you know, consider, like if you're riding long distances, consider bar ends, um, ergon grips with built-in bar ends, um, or one of the alternative bars that gives you more hand positions, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then... On They're the, really good. I can't say enough about that because I know that when they you often get them, it's just the regular yeah. handlebars that you would see on any bike, but having those um, ergon... yeah. They um, really are comfortable. They are really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like I got into them. I can't imagine riding without it. Yeah. Because we that's what we both got on our mountain bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, because Plus a little hook on the side. Yeah. Your little, the little horns. Gives you a little bit. Uh, Different uh, another, hand placement. Yeah. Um, and then when you come to road handlebars or drop handlebars, you've got multiple positions because you can ride in the tops, you can ride in the corners, you can ride multiple hand positions on the hoods and you've got the drops. Are there certain times, like I always only use the the lower drop when I want to go really fast yeah. or if there's wind. Yeah. And I want from a narrow dynamic Yeah, that's what it does. It makes you more aerodynamic. And then do you want, and I, I suppose it doesn't really matter where your hands are, but if you want it to be obviously close to the gears and you have it closer up so you can tap it. Yeah, because if you're further in the drop, Right. You can reach the brake levers and the shifters. Right. Um, uh, and then the same thing goes, like if you're on the hoods, if you want to be a little bit more relaxed, you slide back on the hoods a little bit. Yeah. But then you're not right at your brake levers. But I'll even do the thing where I'll have all my fingers under the brake lever mm-hmm. for a little while. But then if I, because then it just takes a quick moving a finger. Mm-hmm. To be able to reach the brake levers. Okay. Right. I just got to flip my fingers to the front. Mm. Um, and then I'll ride sometimes with them on the front. Like I'll move. Just that subtle change changes the pressure on your hands. Okay. Right. Having your two fingers or one finger on the brake lever. Yeah. You know, you're not pulling on it yet, but but resting on the front with yeah. your other fingers under the brake hood. Uh-huh. Um, or I'll put all my fingers under the hood. Mm. And that just subtly changes the pressure on the palm of your hand okay right um because the longer you ride uh the more you know concentrated pressure there is yeah right so spreading it out a little bit 
Um, and to give you an idea, like with Catherine's road bike, we just put a specialized hover bar on. So it's a drop handlebar, but it has 15 millimeters of rise. So when it comes out of the stem, it actually raises up a bit before it goes over and then drops down. Mm-hmm. So it just basically, it's like raising your bar 15 millimeters. Mm-hmm. But if your stem and your headset spacers and all of that are maxed out, like she had on her bike, um, it, it's a, you know, a newer invention that allows you to get a little bit more comfortable mm-hmm. without... Uh, having to buy a whole new bike or a new fork or mm. put a wonky angle stem on your bike. Right. Um, so that's another way to do it. Okay. And then, you know, when I put that bar on, I did this yesterday, um, uh, I built up the transition from the, like roll back the rubber brake lever hoods and I actually used some old pieces of bar tape to pad the transition from the, um, brake hoods to the handlebar itself mm-hmm. um, before I wrapped the bar to give you a little bit more cushion. Right. You know. Um, so there's all these little things you can do. Um, obviously, unwrapping a road bar and repositioning things <laughs> can be a little bit more complicated, mm-hmm. you know, if you've never done it before because rewrapping the bar nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, conveniently, I've done probably a thousand handlebars in my lifetime. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I'm pretty good at it by this point. Um, I even put the nice little finishing tape on. Did you see the salsa finishing tape? Yeah. You know, uh, it just looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so so you run into the thing where each of the issues you have on your bike, um, there's usually a solution, right? Um, my hope always with people is that that solution can be done on your existing bike, mm-hmm. which is swapping some parts or repositioning things. Yeah, and it's not that expensive to do. You know, um, because like I have had times where I've had to tell people, you know, where they brought their bike in to be fit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't fit this to you because it's just wrong. It's either way too big, way too small. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so in this case, I'm not taking your money because I can't actually solve your problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and I've had to, you know, explain to people like, I- I'm sorry, but whoever sold this to you sold you the wrong size. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so far off that we can't, you yeah. know, like every bike, you know, with it, when it comes to stems, for instance, you can get anywhere from like a, they do go shorter, but on a road bike, you know, 70 to like 130 millimeters long. Um, well, there's a fair range there, mm-hmm. right? Um, but if you can't fit your road bike with something in that range, uh, because the the thing with the stem, and that's the thing that clamps onto your fork and then attaches your handlebar to your bike, uh, your stem, if it's excessively long or excessively short can negatively affect how your bike handles, right? Because if it's super long, it puts a lot of weight out over the front wheel. Mm -hmm. And if it's really, really short, it makes the bike twitchy Mm. um, because it's a shorter lever. Mm -hmm. Um, The longer your stem, the more stable. uh, It'll add a little bit of stability, but Mm -hmm. it will put your weight further over the front end, Mm -hmm. um, which on a road bike isn't really a big deal. But you don't want to go ridiculously long because... uh, you'll just run into the thing where your weight distribution just ends up being wrong. Um, 
And the same thing, like if you're really, really short, it makes your bike feel twitchy. <laughs> like it, it doesn't feel very stable. Would you say overall, though, that anybody who buys a bike, they should expect that it's going to have to be, you might have to do some tweaks and swap out a part. Like it's not unreasonable to say, yeah, you're going to probably have to swap out a part to make it fit perfectly. Oh, it's guaranteed. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't think that's the p- impression people have, though. I think when they buy a bike, they're like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, and and I think that's what leads to a lot of problems. Yeah. So here's the thing you run into. Almost every bike I buy, um, and I'm kind of lucky with the Brody, like the the Brody Romax that Catherine so nicely bought me. You know, she just wanted somebody to ride with. (laughs) So she needed (laughs) to get me a bike I could actually ride on the road with. Um, But I was expecting to change the stem, which I did. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was expecting to change the seat because I'm picky about my seat. Um, I didn't need to change the bar. Um, I still might for a different, slightly the same width, but a different shape. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I was going to have to change the cranks mm-hmm. just cause I got short legs. So everything I get, the cranks are too long. Right. Um, I didn't even talk about that, but if your crank length is too long, um, you're basically pedaling in too big of a circle. So if you're really tall, you're fine. Cause nothing's too long for you if you're, you know, if you've got like over a 32 inseam. Um, but mine is like 29 and a quarter or something like that. Very short little stubby legs. I'm very tall sitting down. Um, so I need, uh, you know, 168 millimeter cranks. They don't make them. So I run 170s. Um, and I was expecting the bike that I got, I thought it was going to come with 172 and a halfs, and uh, I hit the jackpot because cranks are expensive, and it came with a 170, so I didn't have to buy a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like with almost every bike I have ever gotten, I changed the seat. Uh, I often have to change cranks because bikes, a lot of stuff comes with cranks too long for me. I have to change the stem. I have to change the handlebar. <laughs> Um, you know, so all of those things that affect fit, don't be surprised if you have to change them, right? Like, if you know, um, unless you were measured like for a suit and then the bike shop that put your bike together, put every part on that was the size for you, mm-hmm. um, you're probably going to have to swap some stuff out, Yeah. right? And that, that's why like when I was... I had the uh, fitting studio set up in the bike shop. Um, I had tons of handlebars. Sure. Tons of stems. Yeah, because you're trading out pieces, yeah. Tons of, st- like, uh, seat posts. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, because seat posts have different amounts of offset. Mm-hmm. Um, I had tons of saddles. Mm-hmm. Because all of those things often need to be tweaked. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you, for instance, if you're a woman... Mm-hmm. most of the time stock bikes come with handlebars too wide, right? Yeah. Um, you know, like I've measured Catherine's shoulders. They're 39 centimeters. So the new bar we put on was a 40 because you can only get them in like two centimeter increments. Right. Right. So we round it up for a little more stability. Um, and then, but the gravel bike that she just bought... Um, at some point, we'll end up swapping that bar because it came with a 43 centimeter bar. Mm-hmm. Like that's a full like 
two centimeters per side or four centimeters total too wide yeah. for you. Yeah. And for a woman, you've got wide shoulders. Oh, do I? Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, oftentimes when I'm uh, measuring women's shoulders. Is that because of muscles? No, because it, it's the bones I'm looking at. Oh, okay. No, you, you've got a big bone structure, mm. you know. Um, no, when, I, when I'm measuring people's, it's basically across the bony part. Like you can feel the outside bone of your shoulder. Mm-hmm. It's across those. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally bikes, even for guys, are coming with bars too wide. Um, if it's a gravel bike, it's probably stupidly too wide. <laughs> People get this idea that a wide bar gives you more stability, which it does. Right. But because you're riding it like a road bike bar. Yeah. Um, if it's too wide, you, it, basically if your bar is too wide, it's effectively like running a longer stem because it's a longer reach. Because mm-hmm. you're having to reach out, not straight. Right. Um, so uh, you'll often see, if you see people when they're riding on their hoods and their wrists are rotated in. Mm. Um, That's why. That's a sign that their bar's too wide, right? They're trying to get their shoulder, like their bones lined up properly. Mm. So it's hard to use your brake levers properly mm-hmm. when you're not on them because <laughs> yeah. your wrists are rotated in. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, generally they'll run into the thing, unless it's like a women's specific bike. I've been seeing like extra smalls coming with 40 centimeter bars. Oh, wow. Um Whereas probably if you get a woman, it could be a guy, but m- most of the extra small bikes are being sold to women. Let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. Um, probably needs like a 34 or a 36 centimeter wide bar. Mm. You know, so if it's got a 40 on it, this is too fucking wide. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, yeah, my mountain bike is pretty wide. Yeah. Well, I chopped like a, a an inch and a half of each end of your handlebar. Yeah. Like to make the handlebar more reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because again, like mountain bikes are really bad for this because regardless of size, they put the same width bar on. Mm. Um, and people don't think of, oh, okay, so then I'll take the stuff off and I'll measure and I'll chop my bar down and then put everything back on. Yeah. No, no, nobody thinks that they can take things apart. Yeah. So everybody's riding around with like, you know, uh, their they hands like, three like feet apart. riding a Harley Davidson. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and that, that's going to sacrifice. Like if your grip is way too wide, it'll tend to pinch the shoulder blades. Mm. Um, and uh, because it's basically making the, the reach longer. Right. Um, and so a lot of times people are riding with their shoulders protracted forward and their elbows locked. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to be able to ride with your elbows relaxed so they act as a shock absorber. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if they can't do that, then you're going to get the shit kicked out of you as you hit some bumps. Yeah. Right? Um, And that's where usually shortening the stem a little, getting the right width bar on, positioning everything properly, all of those things. Like if it's a a mountain bike bar, most of the time it's like take everything off, measure, cut, put everything back on in narrower so you get a comfortable position. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's a road drop bar, it's usually because you can't, shorten them (laughs) um is putting a new bar on Mm -hmm. that's the right width um you know and if you're going to go to the trouble of buying a new bar see if you need the height because you might get one of the riser bars Mm -hmm. um 
and this might be going too far down the rabbit hole, but when it comes to drop bars, you want to look at the reach and the drop hmm. because they're not all the same. Okay. Um, some when curve further forward than others. Yeah, I noticed that. Some look more like a, almost like an egg versus yeah, more circular. Yeah. I think yours is like that. Um, Your Brody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you... I find most adults uh, do well with what's called a compact bar. Um, mm. So your reach is only in the, like about a 70 or 75 millimeters from the center of the bar that it clamps your stem out to the point at which you attach your brake levers. Um, but you can get bars that are 100 millimeters of reach. So that changes your reach by a full inch. Hmm. Um, to where you're putting your hand on the brake levers. Um, and then drop, you know, anywhere from like 115 millimeters to 125 mm-hmm. is a nice um, compact drop yeah. that you can actually use. But you can get bars that are 130, 140 millimeter drop. Mm-hmm. Well, most people, that's way too far down. So mm-hmm. they never use them, mm-hmm. right? If they have a bar with that much drop, they're bent over so far, they just can't ride down there, mm-hmm. right? So... Uh, you know, the nice thing is, is we're kind of spoiled now. Um, like the Zip Service Course uh, 70, it, basically they, they, they actually label how much the reach is, right? Mm. So they do a 70 and an 80. Um, so get the 70. And then if you get the X70 Explorer, like the, seven, the regular 70 for road is like a 128 millimeter drop. Um, if you get the gravel version, the Explorer, um, still a 70 millimeter reach, but it's only 115 millimeter drop, right? So there's these little subtle things that people wouldn't even know. Yeah. But, um, that the, uh, zip service course 70 Explorer is one of my favorite bars for, for average people because it's a short reach. And a shallow drop. Mm-hmm. So you actually use it. Okay. Um, and then it's got a little bit of a ovalized top. So it gives you a bit more hand surface. Seems like this should be more of an, a service offering for people. Well, and that's... Because from everything that you've discussed, like there's a lot of complexity here. Yeah. Complexity, complexity here. And we know that if this is just a guaranteed situation that everybody's going to have to adjust something on their bike, of which most people don't do you know, it would be, it's a necessity. Yeah. If, if, I mean, if you bought the bike to enjoy, you want it to feel good too, yeah. right? Well, and, and this is the thing that sometimes kind of irks me a little bit is that people are being sold like these, you know, five, eight, ten thousand $10,000 bikes, mm-hmm. you know, because with carbon fiber and electronic mm-hmm. shifting and mm-hmm. all of the modern bells and whistles. Yeah. Um, and bike fitting should be included with that yeah <laughs> you know like that it, sh- it just should be it should be like even if they just tack on whatever they think it's going to cost you know on average and just offer it yeah like but the problem is is that just as shops have a hard time finding good mechanics mm-hmm. finding people that know how to fit yeah right um like something i would recommend people uh do if you want to get some more good information on bike fitting, yeah, um, is on YouTube. There's a channel called Cade Media, C A D E Media, 
Um, it's Francis Cade. He's a British. It sounds very posh and fancy because they, they all have British accents because that's where they're from. Um, and every Tuesday, uh, they do Bike Fit Tuesdays. Uh, mm-hmm. with James, who's a professional bike fitter. Mm-hmm. And aside from the fact that he's a, a very handsome man who, you know, does a great presentation, um, he and I, as far as our fit philosophy, mm-hmm. is very in line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it, the reality is, is like the things that are going to make human beings comfortable are pretty universal. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so he's got some great videos of like, how to set up your brake lever hoods mm-hmm. um, or how to choose a saddle and how to position your saddle or, you know, any yeah, of these, these sp- practical tips. Yeah. And, and it's a visual mm-hmm. um, because Catherine makes a great point. Like if you bought a bike from me back in the day when I had my shop, we fit it to you. Mm-hmm. You buy like a $500, like, you know, hybrid bike. There isn't as much adjustments to do, but we fit it to you. Uh, you buy an $8,000 road bike and we book an appointment. So you come in with your bike shorts and you're Get on your, the trainer with it. And, you know. You make adjustments as they're there. And yeah. And we, we shim their shoes and put arch supports in and, you know, yada, yada, yada. So that you're and swap out every part we need to get you in the exact right position. On the spot. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, like. You know, the reality is, is like, uh, if you get a bike with a road handlebar on it, like a stock bike, mm-hmm. the odds of the handlebar angle within the stem being right for you, mm-hmm. and then the brake levers being in the right position, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it, it it's almost non-existent, right? Yeah. The odds of it being right out of the box. Mm. So if nothing else... If we, even if you don't need to change any parts, a lot of times the bar has to be unwrapped, the brake levers repositioned, you know, the bar angle adjusted, yeah. and then rewrapped again. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like I did with your stuff this weekend. Yeah. Or even when we got your gravel bike, that was the first thing we did was mm-hmm. start dicking around, getting your bar angle and brake lever position dialed in. Mm-hmm. And then I had to rewrap the bar. Yeah. Right? So, and that's like a brand new bike. You know, nothing wrong with it. Fully functional. Yeah. But uh, the odds of those things just being in the right place for you. Right. Right. And you probably didn't even realize there was that many adjustments. No. Right. It felt really good when I got on it. You know. Yeah. Um, And that's the whole thing, right? Like we want to have your bike be an extension of you. Mm -hmm. um, That you can ride comfortably for hours. Yeah. because if if it's not comfortable, you're not going to use it, right? Like, it, you shouldn't be fighting your bike. Yeah. Um, and I realize with a talking podcast, hopefully you guys have taken away some, uh, you know, some tips or clues, you know, uh, that you can try a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, if you do have something uncomfortable. But I think it's just more important just to make people aware that yeah. it's a thing and it's something that they should automatically expect that has to be done mm. rather than, you know, endure a discomfort yeah, or not it, the optimal, you know, yeah. comfort overall. You know, and basically, if you guys have any questions, uh, like, or if you have a bike fitting problem yourself, mm-hmm. um, then feel free to reach out to us. 
Just mm-hmm. go to livewildradio.com yeah. and fill out the contact form. Um, we're we're pretty uh, quick at getting back. Yeah, and I suppose in this case, uh, you probably want to send pictures or a video of what it is that you're talking about. Uh, yeah, you know, um, but uh, we can start with just send me a message and then we can go back and forth from there. Sure, sure. <laughs> like why overcomplicate it? You know, somebody's got to do a whole video production. I'm feeling this, um, you yeah. know, but, uh, you know, but just understand like if your bike isn't comfortable, uh, you know, you are not stuck with it. Um, it's sort of something like with Catherine's bikes, uh, you know, we just keep doing little tweaks and progressively making them better. Uh, and that's the, the thing. And I'm, I fuck around with my own all the time. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like basically, uh, you know how they say like a, uh, a person who's their own lawyer has an idiot for a client. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's me as far as my own bike thing goes, <laughs> you know, um, because I overthink everything. It's like, ah, you know, and then you redo things seven times where you're like, no, the first time was better, <laughs> you know, because you're just sort of like looking for some perfect Shangri-La. Yeah. It's like, oh, it wasn't, there was nothing really wrong with it, but I was just like, just trying just a little bit better, yeah. um, you know, and because you should be able to ride for like two or three hours. And have tired legs, but the rest of you feel good. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah. Oh, and I didn't answer the, the lower back thing. Sure. Um, if your lower back hurts, um, oftentimes that's a mobility issue in the hips. Um, and so uh, work on some stretching and strengthening mm. um, and building up your core. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Right. Because... You know, what we read into is cycling is a, a, a thing that connects the upper and lower body. And what connects that is the core. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to climb a hill, you pull on the handlebar, um, which creates tension, allowing you to push on the pedals harder. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that tension isn't transferred through the core, because, uh, you know, basically because pedaling is an asymmetrical thing, you're not pushing with both legs at the same time. <coughs> One side has to stabilize while the other pushes and vice versa. Um, You know, you need to have a core that fires well. So this goes back to many of our other episodes. Suitcase carries, side planks, Mm -hmm. all the things that knit your body together um, uh, will be beneficial for... Yeah, you want to do that, especially as you're building endurance. Yeah. And not do like what I did. <laughs> we went for a long ride, and the next day I started um, lifting some heavy weights. But I didn't warm up properly, and it was very clear. And then I ended up straining a muscle in my back. So yeah. now I'm rehabbing it. But it's clear that I need to, um, um, yeah continuously build more more core because i haven't been doing a lot of the core stuff in my workouts um and i think also obviously before you start swinging any straight you know kettlebells or whatever that you're sufficiently warmed up and if you feel super stiff or fatigued then uh back off like wait until you're better yeah you know do other stuff but make sure you get limber and so you can do the work and if you you're too fatigued to do something then do something lighter do something different 
But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's a good lesson. Yeah. And for those of you who didn't listen to the last episode, go to our website. Um, once again, livewildradio.com. And download the fat loss cheat code. Um, it's a free little program, a rapid fat loss program I put together. Um, uh, putting together all of the, the fun little super effective tips um, that have been uh, effective for us to burn off fat quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and m- clients for years and years and years. Uh, <coughs> I got one of those tickles because before the podcast, Catherine said, do you want me to get you a drink? And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. And then I've just been talking and my throat is dry. Um, oh, but Winston had a really good giggle because he's been telling me for seven years to put the caps back on. Lids, lids, lids. tighten the lids, tighten the lids. And I went to drink uh, one of my water bottles. And, the <laughs> and she, she had the lid just sitting on top of it. So when she wouldn't tip it back, she just dumped it on her. <laughs> and he, he just looked at me and he just zipped his mouth and he just sat there quietly. Yeah. <laughs> Because I figured at this point, you know, saying anything more about, you know, like I told you so, <laughs> that wasn't necessary. It's like sometimes you need to learn the hard way uh, by pouring your drink all down your shirt. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. If you do have any bike fit questions, uh, livewildradio.com, contact page. If you have uh, the desire to lose body fat quickly, livewildradio.com, fat loss cheat code. It, basically, if you go into our articles, it's it's there, depending on how late in the future you listen to this. Um, and then you will get hit when you go to our website with the pop-up for Turning Back the Clock, which is our uh, uh, ebook on using exercise to age better and live longer. Mm-hmm. Do we have any more pluggables? Um, yeah, and if you download any of those, you'll access uh, your weekly newsletter. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I did so. I did one about erectile dysfunction and how aerobic fitness <laughs> and cardiovascular <laughs> fitness makes so, your, your junk work better, fellas. Yeah, so if you're interested to uh, learn more, then go to that. Yeah. Um, and on that note. We will uh, talk to you next week. Work hard. Play dirty. Bye. <laughs>